Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. We rise in honor of our risen Lord for the reading of the Holy Gospel taken from the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 17, beginning at the 11th verse. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go. Show yourselves to the priests, and as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I love a phrase from Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Actually, I love two. One of them is solitary as moisture. That is as solitary as moisture. That's got to be lonely. There's another phrase I like. Scrooge says to Marley's ghost, who appears to Scrooge as he's eating a bowl of gruel. And Scrooge says... There's more gravy than of the grave about you, Marley. Scrooge doesn't believe what he sees standing before him, namely Marley's ghost. He thinks the apparition is caused by some bad food he ate. This Thanksgiving, I'm sure more than one of us will be like Scrooge, not believing what we're seeing because we are more stuffed than the turkey we ate. The traditional gospel text for Thanksgiving is from Luke 17, about the healing of the lepers. And as we read it, our attention is specifically drawn to the Samaritan leper as the one who returned to give thanks to Jesus. Luke makes sure we know that this leper is a Samaritan. Samaritans were unclean, unrighteous, not worthy of any attention, not to be touched, Not to be greeted, even not to be viewed. The Jews hated them. The Samaritans were a portion of the Jewish people left behind when the Persians came in and conquered Israel in 590 BC. They intermarried with the local heathen tribes and defiled their Jewish purity. They followed after other gods. In Harry Potter's world, the Samaritans would be mudbloods. But the Jews were no more righteous. They too were dirty and unclean and unrighteous. Those stereotypes and politics separated Jews and Samaritans. You can see in the text that they stood side by side in their sin, side by side in their sickness. There was no difference. In death, helpless to cure themselves, hoping to be healed by him whom everyone was claiming to be the long-awaited Messiah. And so out of compassion, Jesus heals all ten without difference or deference 
to ethnicity, politics, or religion. This, of course, shakes up the Jews. How can Jesus be righteous if he heals those who are unworthy? Any Jew would be contaminated for any interaction with anyone unclean or unworthy, such as a Samaritan, much less a leper, and Jesus was thought to be a righteous person. Luke calls out attention also for us to the nine Jewish lepers as well, not because they're Jews, but because they were thankless Jews, unappreciative Jews. It seems they just wanted healing and then left. No commitment, no relationship with Jesus. They didn't acknowledge the giver of the gift of healing. They got what they wanted and they left going to the temple where they would complete the required sacrifice according to the law of Moses for their healing. Their obedience to the law of Moses makes them worthy, makes them righteous. You don't have to be thankful if you don't accept a gift. They do the work for their own righteousness. They make the sacrifice. Their thanklessness causes us to think as well. Those Jewish lepers did not deserve to be healed. Such impertinence to not acknowledge the gift that was given to them. Jesus should not have healed them. They didn't say thank you. And you're right. None of the lepers deserve to be healed. And it was only through Jesus' compassion that this gracious gift was given. Gifts and thanksgiving go hand in hand. If you receive a gift... You can only be thankful or refuse it. If you believe you've earned it or deserved it, well, then it's not a gift. It's your own work. It's your own wage. With a gift, you receive someone else's work. If you do the work yourself, there is no gift. The nine lepers, although healed, refused their healing as a gift and took it upon themselves as the opportunity for their self-righteous worthiness as descendants of Abraham, to present themselves in sacrifice to the Jewish leaders and be called righteous. Once again, though, when we read, we want to make it about what we do, when we want to do the right thing. We're all taught to be thankful for what we receive. For us, the Samaritan leper did the right thing. He was thankful. We might normally assume that this is the point of the story, that we should be grateful and recognize all the blessings we have from God. And so it becomes about us and what we do. We should be thankful. And we miss that here we are given a gift, not a mandate to thank. The message of our text is, our Lord shows unprejudiced mercy to all who seek him. Jesus' love flows from his essence because he is love. He makes no exception of people. He calls all to seek him, to hunger and thirst after his salvation. The nine lepers and the Samaritans did seek him, but only the Samaritan rejoiced at the gift. He knew he was unworthy. He knew he was sinful, broken, and undeserving. Jesus did the work which made him worthy and clean, and he knew it. Worshiping Jesus was not a fulfillment of any command or law, but rather a response from the heart of faith. 
Nobody had to tell him or teach him to go and give thanks. It flowed to Jesus just as Jesus' love had flowed to him. His thankfulness came from faith. Nine chapters prior to this, in Luke chapter 8, we find a similar story. A woman who reached out to touch Jesus' robes. Jesus says, who touched me? I know that power has gone out from me. The woman is afraid, and she falls before Jesus, trembling. And she confesses, yes, I reached out to touch you, and I was immediately healed. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Like the leopards, this woman was an untouchable. She had a chronic vaginal or uterine hemorrhage, which made her ritually and permanently unclean. If anyone touched her, they were immediately made unclean. She undoubtedly had been thrown out of the house. She lives on the streets. She begs for food which might be thrown at her, like crumbs from a table that fall to the ground which only the dogs eat. That's her, the dog on the street. No husband would care for her if he were a righteous man living according to the law of Moses. She was desperate to be healed, to live again. She hungers and thirsts, and Jesus quenches that thirst and that hunger with his gift of healing. He says, your faith has healed you. But it's nothing she's done. Faith is not her secret power. Faith is not her prerequisite for being healed. It's like when you have a cold and you search everywhere for that NyQuil bottle, and finding it, you take it. Your search hasn't healed you. The medicine has. The woman's faith is not a power she has. Neither does her faith unleash Jesus' power to heal you. It's not that Jesus could not heal her without her faith. And I say this because in our world today, there are churches and groups, false prophets, that believe and teach that your faith unleashes God's power. And that without your faith, you cannot be healed or received because you don't unleash his power. Again, making your gift a work that you must have a prerequisite to God's almighty grace and favor. No, her hungering and thirsting searches for the Messiah. And finding him, her faith knows that the Messiah heals Faith is powerless. The power always resides in the person in whom you believe. So she finally meets Jesus. She's desperate. And like a beggar asks for money on the street corner, a homeless person with nowhere to go, a starving woman living on the street, she desperately reaches out her hand to receive what Jesus has for her. And she's not refused. But Jesus is righteous. She expects to be chastised, but receives affirmation. Wow, the people looking on were beside themselves. In effect, here's what happens. Jesus says, did you touch me? She says, yes, unworthy and as unclean as I am. Yes, I touched you, although according to the law of Moses, I shouldn't have, for now you are contaminated. 
All the Jews who saw this would have expected Jesus to be irate, blame, and curse because they held him to be a righteous person. But instead of being punished and chastised for her actions, in effect, Jesus calls her daughter. Not woman, not lady, but daughter. Because her answer, yes, I did touch you, is already a confession of faith. And Jesus recognizes her as God's daughter, made clean by his power. Jesus says, daughter, your search has ended. You have found me. I am the Messiah. I've come to make you whole. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Now go. You are made whole. The ten lepers. The hemorrhaging woman. For what are you thankful this Thanksgiving? You've got to be thankful that you're not like them. You certainly don't appear to have greater problems than they do. You most likely can be thankful that you don't. Still, you and I stand side by side with them or sit on the street corner with them and share a fundamental problem deep down, deep inside. Broken DNA and all humans born unclean and unworthy because of sin. Daily you are bleeding out. Daily your flesh is dying. It's in the essence of who you are. A nature that you share with the lepers and the woman. Your body shows the results of your brokenness, even if you don't admit it. Some, hopefully not you, Go through life covering pain and suffering credit card after credit card to make them feel happy. Possessions, passions, pastimes in your life may provide pain-pausing moments of chronic unhappiness or loneliness and depression. But they bring only momentary relief to lifelong problem. They don't really address your human condition and its dire consequences. Like using gauze to cover a leprous wound it only covers it up. Or like gravy to be poured over a dead bird only spices it up. There's no solution but to reach out and touch the Messiah and receive his gift. For that gift, you can be thankful. Be thankful for God's gift of a Savior, the healer of your wounds and the giver of your life. You need nothing else but his life a forgiven life, an eternal life. That is a gift of wholeness. That is a gift of peace that only can come from God. I guess it's true. There's more than gravy than of the grave about you. It's easier to depend on things around you that make your life more tasty, showering yourself with delicious, enjoyable things like gravy over meat. Yes, for you it's true. There's more than gravy than of the grave about you. But because of Christ, there's more to the grave about you than the gravy. The gift of your salvation comes through the grave of Christ, not through the gravy that deceptively makes you, your world, look delicious. As you pour your gravy over your food this Thanksgiving, think of the grave instead of the gravy. Give thanks to God for his gift of eternal life, 
Then and only then will you be thankful for all the things in your life and make enjoyable use of them to his glory. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.